Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark, and Lyle Heisen is our guest today. Lyle's career in music has been different from most, and as the drummer for the grammatically incorrect Das Damen, he schlepped his drums across the states and Europe. He toured with Screaming Trees and Nirvana before grunge took over the world. The band even toured as Arthur Lee's backing band for a while. But Lyle's career would take a left turn when he accidentally started a niche market, licensing music for small indie bands through Bank Robber Music, where he's helped so many bands stay in the business through licensing and publishing. But he wasn't quite done making music. He's a foundational member of the Royal Arctic Institute. It sounds fancy, I know. And they write some beautiful instrumentals. You have to check out their music, especially if you like cassettes, since that's the only physical copy you're going to get. Follow the band at the Royal AI on Instagram, at Royal underscore Arctic for an interesting Twitter account, and the Royal Arctic Institute on Facebook. Pick up the album on Bandcamp or wherever you get music, and we would love a review, a follow, stuff like that. We're at Performance ANX on the socials. Get stuff at performanceanx.threadless.com. And you can help support the show like our good friend Sandy Olivia at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. So I recommend doing a few jaw exercises before you listen because I couldn't stop laughing at this one. So welcome Lyle Heisen from the Royal Arctic Institute on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hey, this is Lyle Heisen of the Royal Arctic Institute, and you are listening to Performance Anxiety. Oh, uh, I didn't say the name of the record, but let me try one more. Hey, this is Lyle Heisen of the Royal Arctic Institute with our new record, From Catnip to Coma. You can hear all about it on Performance Anxiety. I'm trying to make sure you won't hear my dog or my kids. <laughs> no problem. That's what makes it a so, podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. You might I'm hear both to, of mine. I, I thought the, oh, good. What do you got there? I've got... Um, he's, the dog is a... Uh, Mix. I don't know. He he was just here. But he moved. He's a uh, uh, Australian Shepherd Boxer mix. Ooh! But, but he kind of looks like a Rottweiler. It's hilarious. Like a little mini Rottweiler. That's, how old? I uh, six. I think he's, yeah, he's about six and a half. Nice. So, uh, where are you? I'm in. By Win- the way, I'm in Virginia, uh, Winchester, okay. Virginia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he said you were uh, gonna. Maybe see us in Maryland, God willing. Hopefully. We, uh, get this, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I'm dying to. First of all, I love the new EP. I think it's amazing. Thank and uh, I just had. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. And I, and I just had Lynn Wright on not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah. So if yeah. he's torn with you guys at that point, I would, you know, that would be amazing. I'd, I'd love to catch. Yeah, we're hoping. We're hoping. I'd love to catch uh, guests on tour if, it, if, if at all possible. Yes. Uh, I, so I, this one, I, be, I want to be clear. So you're not using video. You're just you're going to use the audio. Right. Not that I not that I don't love our curtains, <laughs> but it's definitely not not the best. No, no, I mean, you know, whatever. Nobody wants to see my uh, here. My uh, living room slash exercise area. Ooh, on video. So, very nice. No. Very nice. <laughs> Nobody's interested in seeing that. Plus my uh, bins of CDs that I've got somewhere around here. 
Oof. Oh yeah, I got a bin over there. I've got about. It's, I put them in a bin. I put them in a bin to take to storage, and they were too heavy to pick up. So now they're just in the bin. <laughs> I've got at least one, two, two or three up here, and I've got about five down in the basement. And so I've, I've got. I'm. I'm gonna say thirty five hundred CDs. Oof. Yeah, that's heavy. That's a lot of weight. And they are definitely not going to make a comeback and be worth anything. No. So they're not, they're, I'm just keeping them. What sucks is that I can't even listen to them in my car anymore because I've got no CD player in my car. My new laptop doesn't have a CD player in it. I've recording on my old laptop. So when I get promo CDs, I just kind of slide them in here and I put them on a thumb drive so I can listen to them in the car. I was just about to burn an old CD because I couldn't find it on the internet and uh, the drive thing wasn't working. And I was like, oh, you really can't just, you just can't do this to me. I know. I'm not, I, just, oh, I know. It's just like, come on. I got to be able to play the CD. I know. It's not and, on the streamers. See, and CDs are, are a little more, well, to me, a lot more convenient than vinyl. I, if I buy vinyl, it's basically because it, I'm, it's for collectability. It's not to play. Sometimes I wish they would just sell the booklets. Yeah. You know, like with the, some of the times I'm like, oh, I just want the book. Like the yeah. replacements, one of the replacements for your shoes. I was like, I don't really need, please to meet me the whole thing. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it's not my, you know, I just need the book. I yep. want to read about it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess they can't do that. Yeah. I was going to say, so they should do that, but they can't. I know. <laughs> you got to buy the whole thing. And I'm a real tactile person. I need to have that that piece of plastic whatever it is I, I don't feel like i own it if if i don't i, I feel like if, if it, it's a download i haven't really bought it i don't know it's, it's i feel like maybe it could get corrupted i could lose it somehow i could accidentally delete yeah. it if i've got a cd or vinyl at least i know i've got it and i can go put it back in the cd player and burn it again onto whatever i was listening yeah. to I don't yes, know. it's a completely unsatisfying releasing stuff on cassette only. It's, but yeah. it's the uh, <laughs> it's very very unrewarding. I but uh, I gotta ask you about that when we get to it because we will definitely get into that. Okay. So it's funny, I couldn't tell how old you were from listening to all the podcasts because <laughs> you talk about a lot of old school stuff, and then last week you were talking about that failure was like one of your first bands. I was like, well, that knocks him down a couple of generations at yeah. least a generation i am 48 <laughs> okay but like the ellen foley conversation maybe it's just you just do your research it's like you yeah. really knew a lot about ellen like more <laughs> <laughs> you know more than anybody more than i think anybody yeah. needs to more than people need to that's for sure yeah, I, but, know, I was impressed. It's like, man, this guy went deep. I was like, maybe he's a big fan. But then I heard the failure thing. I was like, nah. Oh yeah, oh, I'm he's just doing his. He's just doing his work. <laughs> oh my god, she was a sweetheart. Oh, that was, was a pretty. That was a good one. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. As I pull up my right. notes, so a little belated. Thank you for joining me on the podcast tonight. This is uh, this is really cool. I really really enjoyed the new album, and I went back and was listening to the other releases. And the Das Damen releases, so uh, I really had a, I haven't heard that stuff in ages, so it's, it was really nice to go back and listen to that. Well, thank you. Thanks. Um, I'm glad, it, glad you were able to find them and give them a spin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know. So you are, it, musically, you are a drummer. Yes. Were, was drumming, or were drums, I guess, your first instrument, or was there something else that got you into playing music? No, I was a, I was a piano kid. 
you know, through parents and lessons stuff. And I played piano and, uh, like most musical things, I wasn't very good. And, um, <laughs> and I actually played piano as I got more into punk and stuff. And, um, but after a while that kind of hit the wall. And, uh, so, uh, I met these guys, uh, the misguided and, um, they didn't know how to play their instruments <laughs> and they said, we heard you're a drummer. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and, uh, and I was a drummer and, um, that's how I started drumming. I mean, it was wow. just, it was just, it, we were all at the same level pretty much of learning how to play together. So it was really a good, uh, not good for the listener, <laughs> just good for us to, you know, to try to learn, learn as we go, you know, a lot, a lot of that stuff, some of the drummers, you know, not the misguided, but the, that was my hardcore band, but a lot of the other contemporary hardcore drummers, some were amazing and some weren't very good either. So it was, uh, I felt that was uh, okay to not be competent. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying. You yeah, know. exactly. It was your first I can't imagine with the misguided, were there any aspirations of becoming a professional musician at that point? Or was that just for fun? You know, I was really uh, in the DIY hardcore punk kind of thing. And, you know, your big aspirations were, I want to play CDs on a Sunday, or I want to put out a single and all those things you kind of did yourself. You know, it wasn't really like we were like, Oh, we're going to get signed to alternative tentacles or, or uh, discord you know there was really no discord for new york and uh so we put out a couple of singles ourselves and uh that's kind of that was fine You know, we uh, would have liked, I guess, we at the end, we went down to D.C. and with Brian Baker and Bert Q, we recorded five songs. I don't know why I really like doing five songs. <laughs> uh, inner Ear, uh, Don's Zimmer Studio, you know, where oh, all the Discord Tari- stuff was yeah. going. Inner Ear. Yeah, and uh, and we tanked it. We couldn't do it, and wow. that was like uh, we were terrible. Uh, we were it was really that was warts and all, but that was all warts. And those <laughs> tapes only exist like on cassette. <laughs> and I I've tried to get them back, but I think he erased over them over the years. Oh wow! Because we left in a huff. So, uh, but they were t- those were <laughs> awful. But that, that kind of really was where the rubber hit the road, and um, we were like, okay, if we want to try to do more. We're going to have to mix up the lineup and change and stuff. Okay. So uh, that was the end of the Misguided. Not that you were really asking that. And that's how uh, Dust Domin got formed. It was the guitar player from the Misguided. And uh, the, uh, at first, yeah, Dave Moe was on bass. Okay. Uh, he was the second guitarist of the Misguided, and he moved to the bass. And then uh, Jim, uh, we had a bunch of guys trying. And then we got Jim Wallerstein or Walters or whatever his name was to front Dust Domin. And that was our kind of, we're going to just, we were, that's it for punk and hardcore. What we're going to take our DIY aesthetic, still not really know how to play, but just keep uh, 
uh, moving forward. And, you know, by then we were listening to a lot of different records and being yeah. influenced by a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I can definitely hear the switch from punk and hardcore to more of an alternative type of sound, grungier sound even. How did you guys come up with Das Damen for a name? No, it's a terrible name. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Alex might have named it. Yeah. I mean, I know, I mean, our contemporaries, Di Kreutzen, were around at that point, and we loved them. And, we, you know, we had long hair then, and people were making fun of us then for that. So it was a ladies thing, and we couldn't uh. be called the ladies. So it kind of just evolved into... You know, Das Damen, which is grammatically incorrect, which right. for all our years of touring in Germany, really drove everybody nuts, <laughs> you know, and so... Uh, which I'm sure actually know. felt probably now pretty good. Yeah, but now it's a terrible Google. Like, if I'm trying to find something for Das Damen, I just end up getting, like, lady soccer jerseys in Germany. <laughs> like, it's a nightmare. So... Uh, not as bad as Googling the Royal Arctic Institute, which is just a whole other train wreck, <laughs> but uh, you know, that... Uh, the Das Damen, but you know, that stuck and uh, that's what, that's the hill we died on. You know, that was the name we stuck with. I liked Das Damen. Going back, I kind of forgot how much I liked it. It's really interesting stuff. It's, it's, it fits so much of that time period. Like, Triskaidekaphobe is a great album. I was, listen, I was actually listening to it today. Um, Pendant, mm. uh, Seven. Siren Plug, Ruby Woodpecker. I love that song. I mean, those are great songs. And I was writing a lot of lyrics, and I wrote Ruby Woodpecker the lyrics for that one too. Oh, awesome! But uh, yeah, that was a you know that was a I you know people like the people the five people that care the people that care <laughs> like to say that that was our best record and that did well as well as we wanted at that point I guess we uh, we were going to Europe and we were getting uh, we were being written about in sounds and enemy and we were doing pretty good shows and you know things were going pretty good so that was definitely a high highlight for us and uh, you know. That, that record, is, you know, good memories for that record as well. So one of the things I really I'd like it. Oh yeah, yeah. And one of the things I actually really liked is the song you guys contributed to a Ruddles tribute album. Mm. I think that is yes. amazing. I love a tribute album to a fake band. I mean, that's yes. that's amazing. Because there was so many tribute albums at that time, I don't yeah. know if you remember, but it was oh, God, a yeah. terrible, terrible trend. So when they were like, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I think we we did a couple. You yeah. know, we did a Brian Wilson and we did Arthur Lee, which were fine. They were right up our wheelhouse. But when it was the Ruddles, we're like, oh yeah, so we're gonna do a parody of a parody of, you know, it's like <laughs> all insider baseball. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we love the and we love the Ruddles. You know, I mean. 
Has anyone done a Spinal Tap tribute album? I mean, uh, that seems to be uh, I wish something that had. would have been done. Or I've, I'm not aware yeah. of one, but that would be amazing. I mean, especially if somebody yeah. took the uh, the route that you guys did, because at the end, I noticed there's a little nod to Seeds of Love by Tears for Fears, which is also mm-hmm. their version of I Am the Walrus, which the song you guys did, Piggy in the Middle, is riff on I Am the Walrus. I, I love that little inside joke there. I think that's that's just wonderful. No, I think we say tears of fear, uh, tears of fear really suck yeah. is, is the chorus, is the refrain we're singing. That song really drove us mad. We were dry, it was driving us nuts. Yeah. It was everywhere. It was, we could not escape that song. No. So, we love the Ruddles. And I'm hoping with that new Beatles doc that there's some, somehow that the Ruddles, you know, there's an extended Ruddles Six thing. Hour. Even, though, even though half of them are... Half of them are passed away, I think, yeah. uh, the OG Ruddles, so that'd be tough. But uh, <laughs> A six-hour Ruddles, Doc, that would be amazing. Uh, I'm all in, dude. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm going to put my, uh, I want to do Saucy Jack. Oh. So I want to do one of the more obscure tracks that, that aren't on the album that are only in the movie. So I'm, I'm going with Saucy Jack. The, yeah, cause, I, I mean, you, they've got like, what, two lyrics in the movie? You'd have to, yeah. man, that would that, give you a lot of freedom. I want you to know, I have to say, I was just listening to it last night because uh, at the dinner table, I always say pass the Saucy Jack. And at this point, the uh, the daughters are old enough to be like, why the hell do you say that? And I was like, well, he was a haughty one, right? And there, so uh, I had to, had to break out the the phone and play that track for them. So, oh, that yeah. That's, yeah. that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I, I of course, love of course. Spinal Tap. So you mentioned that you did an, an Arthur Lee tribute. Now, did you actually end up working with Arthur Lee at some point? Yes, we actually did uh, three small East Coast tours with Arthur as wow. his band. Oh, that's and, awesome. And uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Hey. It was absolutely amazing. Oh man, that that's and, gotta be like a dream. You know, yeah, it was insane. I remember one time just being at soundcheck and his voice coming through the monitor. And I was like, how is this even happening to me? And how can I be playing with someone who sings so good? Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, it was just amazing, but, uh, he was a wild, he was a wild card. So some of the shows were better than others. And, you know, and, um, you know, it's just, it's very poorly documented. There's like no photos. I have a couple of ticket stubs. I have some bootlegs. And some faded memories, but it was really, um, I actually even wrote about it. There was an Arthur Lee fanzine back then called the castle. And I did a a tour diary for that. And that's somewhere deep in storage. But I remember after the first one, Arthur was like really mad about that. It's like, Oh, the writer is here, the writer. So he didn't like that. I was, um, writing about how great a time we were having, but he was very, you know, he was a roller coaster ride of rock. Yeah, you know, he was everything you'd imagine he would be. <laughs> it was, but what a, what an honor, you know. It was just a, it all crashed and burned though, because on the uh, fourth time he was supposed to come out, we were going to uh, we had a headlining two sets, I think, at the bottom line, and uh, he just never got on the plane. He never made it out. Wow. He was calling. You know, he was calling me from the airport. They're after me. They're after me. It was when the gun charges started happening oh, yeah. for him. He was getting arrested for guns. Oh, so he's like, they're here. They're following me, and they're after me, and I can't get on the plane. I can't get on the plane. And uh, so uh, we didn't play, you know, because we didn't have Arthur. Yeah. We just had the three of us. Yeah. And um, 
I, I almost kind of regret it because I heard everyone just kind of hung around and we should have just made it into a jam or something. But uh, Oh, man. After that, he came back maybe once or twice with the zombies, you know, doing those tours at the end. And uh, and that was it. But, uh, yeah, he was awesome. It was awesome. It was really, uh, really like nothing you ever think you'd get, you know, or nothing you'd ever imagined you would step into. Yeah. Um... You know, and then it's like... Uh, and uh, talk about playing above your uh, above your pay grade. Like I could not play those songs, and I was like, "All right, I guess this works." House of Nana Motel. Yeah, no, it's sort of, but uh, pe- people liked it. There's, you know, most of the I find, you know, when I'm digging around for that, most of the most of the memories are good, and most people wrote good stuff. One grumpy guy, of course, you only remember the grumpy. Oh yeah, was uh, they were t- they were too punk, which oh. we you know we were. You know, I mean, we were you know older and rocking but you know we were just kind of blazing through those songs yeah it was it was super fun what happened with the band the band dissolved gosh so it was the early 90s was it let me pull up my notes here what was what was the year what was the year that punk broke no 91 (laughs) <laughs> then we broke up in 91 <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah we, uh, look, we look. called it called it quits yeah we had a uh, you know as we as you know famously documented we our last couple of years of touring we toured with screaming trees and of course nirvana and um after those tours we were uh we were pretty much done actually i think it went nirvana then the screaming trees and um we were supposed to do a west coast show in la with the screaming trees and that was kind of like our last gasp like we were like okay this will be a showcase of some sorts yeah. if you remember at that time all the bands you know it was yeah grunge was just kicking in and everyone was getting signed and we already went through the era when like uh, soul asylum and all the and buffalo tom and all those bands got signed and we right. didn't get signed <laughs> and um so then we were starting it was starting again yeah and uh so once the next show in la got canceled we were offered a a new year's Eve gig in uh Austria. So, uh, we did a last, you know, we did Berlin and Austria and we broke up on uh, new year's of 90 into 91. Oh, wow. And, uh, that was a, that felt, I felt like a good way to go out. And, um, you know, that was, that was that, I mean, you know, I mean, such different times now, right? Like we could have definitely hung in there and put our records out on Bandcamp, and, yeah. you know, found out, you know, somewhat toured and, you know, it was so hard to know, at that time where you were really at, you know, I mean, oh. we were kind of like, okay, you know, we're doing okay, but not as good as everybody else. It just seems so fruitless. And we were really broke. We were broke for a very long time. And that was one of the reasons we had to give it up. We were just losing money a lot, you know? So it was just like, so we couldn't do it. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really the time that bands, you know, we couldn't segue into being part-time rock. I mean, we were just so full-time rock that we couldn't do weekend weekend rock at that time. So yeah, I mean it. It, it was uh, it was very bittersweet, but uh, it was time, and everything happens for a reason. And oh all yeah, that crap. I mean, so, I can uh, I can only imagine being on tour late eighties, early nineties with Nirvana and the Trees. I was, was a huge Screaming Trees fan, and uh, I, I heard the stories. Uh, I was f- fortunate enough to have Mark on the podcast like about a wow. year ago. He's, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he mentioned a few crazy stories and uh at least at that point they were kind of a functioning band 89 90 91 yeah that, that, that's when we were with them yeah, yeah. sort of functioning yeah somewhat functioning <laughs> as, as good as, bad as, as best as they could do 
Yeah, he was he he was he was awesome. But uh, here's a here's a Dostum and Screaming Trees fun fact that we only recently found out is that we had a song called Gray. Is it black? He told us he titled after our song. Oh, did he? Gray goes black, dead white, maybe blue. In life, there's a falling away. Sad, sad coming. Yeah, yeah. Jim Dobbin ran into him and he was like, Oh, I got to tell you something. So, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So, that was, yeah, we just found that out like last year or something goofy. So, but uh, yeah, that was, the, yeah, they were uh, a great, great, great band, though. So great. This. Is that how you made the connection with Gary Lee to do the uh, um, Dr. Janet single? Ooh, deep dive. I think we might have done. I don't know. Oh boy. I don't know the timeline on that. You got me. I think was, Dr. Jenner might've been before. Okay. Cause that's showing that was, that was released in 90. I'm yeah. no telling Ooh. when you guys recorded it, but it came out in 90, mm. 10 years gone. And, uh, what was the other stuff? Starry eyes. Yes. Starry eyes by the records. Yes. to go back into the deep recess of asking my friend Brian who put out that song and was my roommate Brian Long he was he was Ringer's Lactate Records and uh, I know I mean I was part of that idea like I was like Brian was my roommate like I was saying and he was going to start a label so I was like oh we got to let's start with a bang let's do an all-star super group super group yeah you know all-star yeah <laughs> what am i kidding so you know it was uh so it was uh you know i mean I, well, it had honestly, Matt Sweeney like too. ira cap ira kaplan and matt sweeney who would have thought yeah that, it's chavez uh, i mean i love sweeney but it was just insane that he's become the guy the, yeah you know so okay. i really didn't even know who he was until zwan came out so was, oh yeah no skunk you gotta skunk. do a deep dive on him skunk yeah skunk uh we signed uh we helped sign skunk get signed to twin Tunk. <laughs> so uh but he's been very like uh you know over the decades he's very appreciative that you know we were helping him then we gave him we got him shows we treated him like a the little baby band that you know brothers band of brothers that yeah. they were of very you know they were so fun and so that's good dude so and what's amazing is i've but yeah i only found out about that by researching and i haven't even heard it yet. i'm dying to hear it which one dr janet yeah 
It's that's not, a tough one. It, it's not nowhere. It is. It's nowhere. I looked on, on YouTube. I did search it for it. And all I can do is find it for sale. That, I don't have enough time to buy it and get it in here. So. <laughs> I know. I, I might have, I, someone might have ripped me one of them. I could, if I find it, I'll send it to you. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, no, yeah it's insane. It's like off the grid. Yeah. It's almost like... <laughs> Almost like it didn't exist. It, but it did. It's a weird footnote. It's a weird-ass footnote. It's on Discogs, so I know it existed. Yeah. And there's 31 of them for sale on Discogs. <laughs> not, a lot, not a lot of dedicated fans there. <laughs> Some people, people cleaning out their collection. Am I going to listen to this? Not as good cover of a the records. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to get that because I, I, I don't know where I'm going to play it because I've got... I have a record player somewhere, but I don't know where. I'll have to figure out how to do that. But <laughs> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Is that when you started getting into like uh, uh, management and then the, the publishing and licensing side of things? The uh, Because you only sh- you show up after uh, Das Domin broke up, after Mousetrap, there's some... Uh, singles, some comp appearances like Vineland, Dr. Janet, mm. and then Gigantic. And mm. the only uh, LP I could find was Viewmaster. Yeah, great. Yeah. Teacher Jim, good friend yeah. of mine still. He's so, a great guy. Yeah. Did you, did you get able, were you able to listen to that? No. I, I Another thing I tried to find. It's, but it's not, Oh, yeah. It's nowhere. It's nowhere. <laughs> That's why I was like, did you listen to it? I was like. Every time I pull up Viewmaster. I was trying on to get YouTube. him to put it up on Spotify. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah nowhere. I looked up on YouTube. No, and all I, he won't do it. All I get is that the, the old Viewmaster slide things. Yeah, no, it's a, another bad Google name. A disaster. <laughs> but uh, I'm sensing a pattern. Uh, here. Here's a funny thing. A funny thing about that. I'll get back to your OG yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. But Gigantic, which was with uh, you know, Jim Shiner and uh, Vince Grogan, another good friend of mine, still. So we were. They were Gigantic, and I joined afterwards. You know, they they, they had a couple of record EPs out, singles, I think. And I joined later and they got bought out by another band named gigantic. There's a gigantic in the UK and they got paid to change their name, which, you know, changing the Viewmaster. then, you know, kind of fight and fight and fire with fire there. But, uh, so that's how I I remember how that's how we were able to pay for the first record. Wow. They gave us a bunch of change because, you know, again, that, you know, Good band, but that band was not making any money either. But good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get that. Yeah, I'm gonna get that. I gotta harangue Jim some more to get that up on the Spotify because he he has all the CDs. Just got uploaded to. Honestly, I have to say about the whole being in the business, the whole time I was drumming, air quotes, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of just kind of knew that maybe this isn't going to be my career. Like maybe this isn't going to pay the bills. And after, especially as years went on and I really was struggling, I had 
you know, some of the day jobs I had while I was in Das Daman were just insane. You know, just yeah. trying to like, yeah, yeah like foot messenger, oh. you know, I did that. I had one real low, low light was, uh, we, I was, uh, me and Mo, we took a, a Christmas time job. We were putting the saran wrap on gift bags, you know, gift baskets. Yeah. And we had a, and we had a hot, hot air. Glue, hot gun, air hot gun. gun. Yeah, it was disgusting oh. and suffocating and deadly. And then... <laughs> Even better, they separated Dave and I because we were laughing too much. We were having too much fun. <laughs> so it was like we were back in grade school. They're like, uh, you two can't work together. Yeah. <laughs> so That's insulting. So, you know, it, yeah. I mean, I was like, dude, I'm putting a gift basket together. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, so a lot of the time, yeah, I think you, I don't know how many drummers you've interviewed, but a lot of time the drummers are always kind of the catch-all to get stuff together. Yeah. I mean, so, you know. Uh, so I was just always kind of moving the ship forward and it drives me absolutely insane. I mean, I still do it now <laughs> with the Royal Arctic. I've kind of accepted it, but yeah, but that's how I kind of learned about other aspects of the business, you know, trying to keep all my bands going. Okay. So, uh, you know, so, um, when the band broke up, you know, I was managing other bands cause I was kind of managing Das Domin, So I just would manage some bands I was friends with and uh, okay. I managed this band cell and I managed the sleepy head and yellow tango for six months. And I quickly learned that managing other bands sucked. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was terrible. <laughs> if I'm not in the band, I can't manage it. So, um, I can understand that, you know, yeah. Fast forwarding a little bit. I got a job at, uh, matter records and they had me running the working at the publishing company. I did that for a decade and that okay. got me into licensing and then 15 years ago about uh, bank robber was started. So it was all, you know, I mean, it was all, but it's weird. Like even the Matador gig, I probably got, cause I knew Gerard and Chris from just hanging out in New York. It yeah. wasn't like I did a job interview <laughs> or anything like that. Oh, and, cool. uh, That's you know, yeah, I never got hired off of a job interview yeah. except maybe the <laughs> Such a shrink wrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, you know, so that's it. You know, I always just wanted to be involved with music, obviously sure. Playing drums, getting paid to play drums would be awesome, but, uh, that just didn't seem to be a thing. It might go all the way back to not really knowing how to play, but, uh, <laughs> it's okay. You know, uh, I'm still involved in music. I love music. I work with, I've got to help a lot of bands, which has really been great. And, uh, you know, and I've kept a lot of the, even though what I do, you know, mainly putting songs in commercials and film and TV shows, I uh, basically have kept the DIY aesthetic about the whole thing, you know, trying not to work with major labels and uh, trying to help the indies and try to keep that going as much as I can. So, you know, you, you, not so bad. You were kind of a pioneer in that, from what I understand, though, getting like smaller bands into commercials and, and movies and things, because if I'm understanding, if I, from my research, companies will come to you and while you were doing the the uh, licensing for, I mean, maybe it was with Matador, I'm not really sure. Um, Matador, yeah. Yeah, asking for a certain band and they wouldn't be available, so you would suggest a, another band. Yeah, because, um, yeah, when I was at Matador, they were getting, you know, so say, um, I'm trying to think of a popular song back then that, that um, I can't think of, but uh, whatever, the president of the United States or something, or, but it's before that. I can't even believe it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but it, yeah, there'd be 
requests for bands that uh, we didn't have in the style or genre, or it would be someone would want a Liz Fair song, which we did have, but since licensing back then wasn't so hip, maybe she turned it down, but I would be like, well, have you heard Mary Timoney or Helium? So I was uh, swapping out, you know, you know, you want John Spencer, he's going to say no. Have you heard Railroad Jerk? You know, so... Um, oh, Steve Serio. Yeah, so it was kind of a, a, a... It wasn't a bait and switch. I mean, they were yeah. coming to me. I wasn't doing uh, actively pitching. I was just kind of sitting there going, what is happening with this? And why is this a thing? And yeah. what can we do to take advantage of this? It seems like it might be a thing. Those kind of thoughts. It seems like you're and, you know, just kind um, of being upfront with everybody, saying, yeah, we, you're not going to get this person, but here's something in a similar style. It might work out better for everybody. Well, you know, I mean... But one of the great things is a lot of those uh, music supervisors that I was dealing with back then are still in the business. And so I'm working with a lot of them for, you know, 20 years at this point. And they, you know, they remember that I was very, you know, cause they were dealing with a lot of major labels and yeah. a lot of bull, a lot of bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. And, uh, and I, w I'm not that guy. So I just be very upfront with them and, you know, very honest. And, you know, and I was having fun back then because I was really trying to find out who likes music. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who's yeah. the music supervisor that actually, and I used to kind of test them, you know, like, have you ever heard of the soft boys? You know, things like that, just to see how music uh, oriented they are. And it's, yeah. it still kind of holds true. A lot of it's a business. So you got a lot of people who are just doing it, who are just worker bees. And then you got, you know, some great people who love music and can tell you all the, lineups of payment or whatever <laughs> and uh, a really deep dive indie people and um there aren't that many lineups of payments that was a terrible example <laughs> but, uh, so uh but uh, you know you, you know so yeah. okay name every bass player of yola tango That's oh gosh but uh <laughs> so um so you know so it's fun you know and i still it's great you know just you get to when you find people that are as enthusiastic about music as you are uh, it's great and then you get, it's good. So I've had lifelong friends, you know, that I've met through doing this gig. So was there a, a placement that you like particularly proud of anything that, that just sticks with you? Ooh. Oof. Honestly, dude, I don't have an off the cuff. Answer <laughs> I kind of threw that. that one at you. <laughs> Sorry. You might, I don't know if you do editing, but I, yeah. <laughs> I could come back. No, <laughs> no, uh, no editing at all. Oh, yeah. No editing. <laughs> I can't think of my favorite placements. Oof. <laughs> well, you've uh, done so many. I'm sure it's hard to pick a you know, yeah, pick one mean, that was super successful you know, off the top of your head. Yeah, and it's all for various reasons. Like if some of my most favorite my favorite placements are for the smallest bands that I helped, you know, buy houses and stuff or make their lives easier like telekinesis i don't know about one placement i've gotten for telekinesis they're on merge records okay. but i've got I've, over the years i've gotten them mul multiple placements and uh you know it's really helped them still be a band that's you awesome. know and uh, that's that's the kind of stuff so i can't you know i'm sure i could say well and they were in chuck <laughs> it was a great day and it was a great day <laughs> So that was kind of the beginning of them getting a lot of licensing success. But, uh, yeah, okay, uh, here's a good one. Uh, Jennifer O'Connor, uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with her. No, She's no. great. Yeah, you should try to have her on the show. She just oh. put on a new record. It's awesome. Oh, cool. um, she recorded a song for an Apple spot and uh, ended up getting it in a different commercial. Like, it didn't land in that, but it landed in something else. Oh, and okay. it really was an early... 
example of, okay, so you didn't get that, but you got this, and this is even you know a bigger payday. So look how look how look how that worked out. Oh, it was excellent. really a great thing and for her and a good experience. And also with them, I guess I'll stick on this Jennifer O'Connor thing. Uh, Jennifer O'Connor and uh, Tom Bajor, Tim Folion, who you had on. I think yeah. did you guys talk about uh, Orange Is the New Black? Yes. Uh, them being the war. Okay, so that was that was my my doing. Oh, cool. Okay. You know, was, uh, and the uh, the story of that was that the guy, the supervisor, Bruce Gilbert, called. He's like. Basically paraphrasing, I need maybe not your most rock star looking band. <laughs> and uh, so Tim? I sent him, you know, Tim, <laughs> Tom, and, you know, have I got a Jennifer, you? Yeah, Jennifer, you know, very attractive. But I was like, everyone take the worst photo of yourself possible. <laughs> and I remember like Tom sent me a picture of himself holding his puggle. So they didn't have Jennifer on camera because they didn't think that the warden would be in a band with the lady since he was watching, you know, lady lady prison people. Yeah. So, but she did help on the recording. Oh, so. Because cool. uh, their moms won't care, and it's just not fair. We gotta get those workers out of there. There's workers in the land. You don't know. Uh, that that okay there we go uh, that's a that's a goodie do you get so. the opposite where very often where a, a, like an indie band who's maybe struggling will say no i don't want to be I don't, I don't want this certain placement that you're offering does that happen very oh, often yeah. yeah well it used to happen all the time really i mean yeah bands are turned down stuff really all the time because it wasn't cool you know you'd get a placement and everyone would be mad at you for selling out and- oh back in like the del fuego's days yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah so you know even up in, you know i had a band that turned down a hummer spot when i had bank robber going and uh and i was like dudes just donate have so much money like money we don't see anymore yeah. i was like dude just donate half the money to charity and take the other half and they said no and then they like a week later they called back and they're like can we do it and i was like no it's gone oh gone. oh yeah, that sucks so, uh, yep. So yeah, a band just turned down uh, being on a, a special forces CSI or something. You know, something with something with the army people in it. Oh, okay. And uh, and they're like, we don't want to be associated with army people. And I was like, all right, that's fine. It's I mean, we never do anything without asking the bands. Yeah. If they don't want the bread. It's fine. You know, I was I was kind of yeah. like, dude, no one will know. No one watches. Not a lot of people are watching the show. That, yeah. Or your friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically anything. But uh, yeah, and anything goes if the band wants it. You know, I mean, obviously, if it's Hitler, I'm really? not going to be like, hey, dudes, we got a Hitler you commercial. Can... You guys want to do this? <laughs> he's coming, coming back, right? He, hey, I mean, he's, he's really seeming to having a moment. He's making a comeback. So uh, he's really. <laughs> Yeah. Storm in the gates. Yeah. But so, uh, <laughs> so he... this entire time, have you been working on any music on your own or did you just kind of put that aside while you're doing the licensing and publishing? And I, you know, I, I took a, a few years, a couple a few years off from drumming, especially when my kids were little and you know, uh, I just needed, uh, I just needed a break a little bit from being in a band. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, 
like I said, I, I don't, even if we're weekend rock or whatever, I'm not full-time band. I still do all, it's still a lot of work, you know? Oh, so, sure. um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of took a break, you know, I started taking lessons much to my chagrin, you know, of <laughs> like my punk rock chagrin. I was just like, all right, I gotta, gotta go in and this figure out great. how to really, this is, I got, I can't play this. Why, why can't I play Lee Morgan's Sidewinder? I'm sitting here. I am trying really hard. I kind of could fake my way through everything, but once I got tired and listening to more jazz and stuff, I was like, nah, I'm kind of shitting the bed on this stuff. And I can't play this. So I kind of went back in, took lessons. And then, you know, I was, yeah, you know, I was in a band. Oh boy. I forgot the name of that one for a little bit, fill in drummer gig. I was run by Rob, this guy, Rob Monk. Damn, I can't remember the name. Oof. And then, um, you know, so that, you know, kind of kicking around, I was in a band, Ma'am, for a while, and that was with the Rebecca Odes and uh, Charlie Gonza, uh, okay. you know, Love Child and um, Governor. That was kind of another fake indie all-star band. We did a, <laughs> we had a good uh, all-star. Uh, that, that was kind of, that was kind of fun for a minute. We did a bunch of gigs. We did a report. We did a demo. We never put it out. I should just put that out. You know, it was even yeah. before everyone was just releasing everything. You know, it was still a little early on that. You know, yeah. before Bandcamp, maybe. You, gotta, you seem to be just ahead of the curve. Oh boy, don't yeah, you know, don't go out drinking with me. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, so that didn't happen. And then, uh, yeah, then a few years ago, yeah, five years ago at this point, uh, my buddy Jerry introduced me to John Leon. Uh, Jerry is our OG bass player. Uh, Jerry was in this amazing band, Phantom Tollbooth. I knew him from back in the SST days. They were on Homestead. Okay, yeah. And uh, so uh, we started jamming with John Leon, who I don't didn't know, and even though it's five years, I'm not sure I know him. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's a. But you know, as soon as I started playing with him and Jerry, I was like, oh, this is this is not my main thing was I just didn't want to do dad rock. Like I didn't want to be in my forties chugging along at 90 BPMs, like, you know, rocking. Yeah. So I was like, this seems like a good to me gateway into it's not jazz. Still can't really play that that well, but it's not rock songs. You know, like the worst thing anyone ever says to us is you guys are dad rock. And I'm like, Oh, there's not a, there's not a lot of rock in our dad. In it. I mean, there's not a lot of rock in that. Yeah, you know, there's a little touches, but <laughs> we go out. I mean, I, I kind of go out of our way to not rock. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, and we seriously say, I think that might be too rocking. So uh, you know, we can if we wanted, but you know. So uh, so John Leon, he brought a whole new vocabulary of guitar players to me. Like I played with some great guitar players, you know, Alan Licht and the. Pete Phillips for a while. And, yeah. um, but, uh, John Leon brought a whole bunch of bands and music that I didn't listen to. Oh, cool. You know, Bill Frizzell, oh. I don't know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah I'm not familiar. I wasn't familiar with it. His tone was very different than all the guys I was working with. And, uh, he, you know, he had chops, pork chops. He knew how to play. So it was kind of challenging. And, you know, we were kind of like, let's try to do something in my head. It was, let's try to do something like the Tom Verlaine solo albums and uh, flashlight and things okay. like that. Let's try to do that. But those are a little more, uh, improv. And we quickly learned we weren't very good at improv. <laughs> so, um, 
pesky punk roots. Uh, we definitely, so John was more song presenter and we were song arrangers. And, um, you know, it was honestly, it was fully on, we were practicing maybe only for six months and Tim was booking someplace in Hoboken, the Issa's art gallery. And he's like, you guys should play. And I was like, <laughs> we're not really even a thing, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but the stakes were so low. <laughs> like, it was just like an art gal, an African art gallery in Hoboken you know why not yeah what 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 what's, what's going to happen worst that could happen <laughs> the art is going to revolt no yeah. one will be there <laughs> so uh we did it and they're like oh yeah we should try to do that again and uh so we did you know so uh you know and it's been fun it's still fun you know it gets uh you know sometimes it gets a little it gets a little tough you have five guys and five white guys in the <laughs> Uh, you know, doing some kind of jazz rock is not really buzzy. Yeah, we're not getting a lot of t- we're not getting a lot of TikTok. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, that, that, the thing is, it doesn't matter. We really have a good. We're happy. You know, this time we went a little nuts and uh, hired a publicist. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, we uh, <laughs> that was a big step for us, and uh, we've had a label. You know, and then we have a new label now, and, uh, and you know, it, it's it's great. You know, I'm I, I'm happy because i get to play you know we get to hang out every weekend and yeah. we, we practice and practice and uh and now that dave mo if you're following the story well who was my buddy from the misguided and actually he was at my bar mitzvah oh he wow. uh he was uh so he's he's in the band now on bass and yeah. uh so it's just great you know it's a it's a blast and you also added one of my favorite guitarists lynn wright who with james hall b and flower Ballroom Dance is dead. Yeah. Love Lynn stuff. He and Wireman. Yeah. He does not like hearing me say it, but he is really great. Yeah. And I am really having a hard time keeping up. <laughs> but he is very, uh, he's a very sweet guy. He is. He really I know. is. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that sounds good, Lyle. Does he really think that? But uh, <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's great. So he's brought a whole nother thing. Like him and John are friends. So. Okay. It was kind of like, I'm going to bring in Mo, and he's like, I'm going to bring in Lynn, and we're just going to try. And then Lynn played on three songs on the EP, and then for, uh, Sodium Light that came yeah. out last year. let's try the whole thing carl on keyboards let's try to do this five piece and uh so we wrote you know like every time we write an album's worth of stuff but we only have a budget to do an ep right. and uh then we had i had grandiose dreams of putting both eps on one piece of vinyl uh, but uh realizing that it would take me two years forty thousand dollars and i'd probably sell ten <laughs> i figured <laughs> I'd lost enough eh, money. Yeah. Eh, eh. If someone wants to do it, God bless them. But, uh, <laughs> I, but not you. And I, I, I can't front that guilt. But so, uh, so yeah, it's been yeah, it's been wild. Like and uh, luckily, you know, weird. You know, obviously Corona and all that stuff. But yeah. John and David both work in hospitals. 
So oh. we were able to, when they were getting tested when no one else was getting tested and we were able to practice early on. Oh, So awesome. it really was a coping mechanism that a lot of other bands and people didn't have, like we would just be like in a room, but it'd be six yeah. feet apart and they were clear. I was masked and we were all masked and we had ventilators and doors and we were able to play a lot, you know, a lot compared to most bands during the pandemic. Oh, and we did awesome. the, yeah, we were, we recorded sodium light in September of the pandemic. And then we recorded, uh, this one in uh, June and July, which, uh, seemed like good times, but, uh, yeah, well. it's funny as, as this new record comes out now, it seems more appropriate for right now than I thought it would be. No, oh, like yeah. maybe by February fifth, February fourth, it will be the uh, everything will be sunshine and roses again, yeah. or at least back to May. Remember May? Yeah. May was a pretty good month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but right now, you know, as we are getting this record out to the world and people are listening to it, I, I'm kind of like, this is uh, unfortunately your soundtrack for 2022 is is this uh this record yeah so <laughs> well i've got a couple questions and, about the band tune in and bum out is yeah. my uh, tune in and bum out is the yeah the uh, so go. I, I like that all right so mm -hmm. the band's name is the royal arctic institute is there anything mm. to that or does it just sound good no it's some pretentious john leon book thing <laughs> it's a book thing okay. all the stuff all the titles and um all the long words, those are all John Leon. So I'm not the best interview on that stuff. I mean, I could, I could, it's funny. I was like, should I Google it? I know the answer. <laughs> like I know the answer for the shore leave of Farrah That's from a heavy metal magazine. I know some of the answers off the top of my head. Maybe I should uh, refresh before I do it. <laughs> another, like we're going to do a thousand of these. Well, yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the, and the song titles have some pretty interesting names. Even going back to the first one, Japanese Viperina. Tanya Ripford, Bandersnatch, which became very, very popular a couple of years ago. That was a... I know. I know. We were we were we were not trending, but we were trending. Again, ahead of the curve. <laughs> Bandersnatch. I know. Good call on that. I know. I was like, when that came on the TV, I was like, really? Yeah. Bandersnatch? Come on. <laughs> Almost a jazzy little ditty. That one's almost a little jazzy. Almost, yeah. Uh, almost. <laughs> and then, there, so there's uh, the second album, Accidental Achievement. You've got, all right, so two of my favorite tracks on that, Raymond Russell and When Razors Were Works of Art. Mm. Those are Thank awesome you. tracks, but really Thank interesting you, titles, too. 
Yep, and I'm going to flatline you on those. I can't give you a good. Uh, I can't give you a good answer. But you can't. Okay, so you, but you can't answer this for me. I'm pretty sure they're only released on cassettes. And accidental achievement is showing up now, and, and, and this could be wrong as only LP. Yep, we're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, we did our, uh, yes, the first record is on cassette, two pressings, one uh, it was wow. repressed by Lightning Records, so that's going to be clogging up discogs <laughs> with uh, 100, 136 copies for sale. Yeah, yeah we self-released it the, the first time, and then Lightning Records, this awesome guy, Cy Dune, he uh, reissued it, which was awesome. And then we signed uh, Rhyme and Reason Records, who, I have to say, much to my, I don't know. I said, don't put it on vinyl because we're not that we're not that popular, yeah. and you're gonna have a lot of copies. <laughs> and uh, so they put it on vinyl. Looks great. You know, couldn't be happier. Love the, the accidental achievement. Obviously, love that title. Yeah. That's a goodie. And because um, yeah, because we didn't actually ever mean to get that far. You oh. know, so it was it was an accidental achievement. Nice. So we're okay. like, wow, we're putting it on an album. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be on vinyl Whoa. and I'm not paying for it. <laughs> so, uh, so I love the rhyme and reason. They're great and very supportive. And then, uh, and then sodium light uh, was also another cassette only yeah. release. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, be, you know, the, there are none available for sale of sodium light or French method on Discogs. not available at all. Yes. They should come to my storage space. But yes, no, we got a few. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. I guess we haven't made it. We aren't even discogs worthy yet. That's or everybody's hanging part. on to them. Nobody wants to get oh, rid of them. I mean, they like it. Oh, that's that's what I'm thinking. I like, I like this. I like this energy. <laughs> so yeah, when it was time to do the new EP, obviously we weren't going to do vinyl. So uh, and again, we only had a limited budget to record yeah. stuff. So we recorded with my buddy Tom Bajor, who did all the other recordings. And as you know, if you're paying attention, he was in Orange and the New Black Band, yes, right? Yes. And he and he produces all Tom Symphonian's records. Yep. So, um, so we yeah, so we got to knock out that EP during COVID, and uh, that was a great experience. And since, like I was saying, we were practicing a lot, we had a lot of songs, you know. Yeah. So we're we kind of went back six months later into the studio, but uh, this time with uh, James McNew. And um, there you go. That's the that's the new record. So, are you guys writing it all together as a band, or is somebody coming in with an idea and you guys are just adding to it? How does the songwriting work in the band? It's still OG Leon. Pretty much comes in with an idea. Okay. But especially with the five piece and uh, with Dave Mo on uh, bass, it really gets dissected. Like I think on the earlier records with the trio, I was more in the producer songwriter arrangement mode with Jerry and, uh, but now Mo and Lynn, obviously Lynn is, uh, he's bringing in chords I've never even heard of. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, Mo is very, uh, uh, very obsessed with song structure and all that kind of good stuff. So I don't know, it gives me a little more time to post on the socials for the band or there something. You go. <laughs> let them do it and let them do it. it you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, but I, you know, I still have my two cents, but it's definitely, it's more of a five, you know, and then Carl as well. I mean, if you listen to Prince of Wisconsin from the last EP, that's mm -hmm. John wrote it, but it's Carl's song. You know, oh, it's okay. All keyboards, all piano, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's his, that's his baby. Yeah. 
listening to it a lot over the past week and the new EP and Fishing by Lantern is just absolutely gorgeous. It's one of my favorite songs I've I've heard in the last six months of doing podcasting and listening to album after album after album, much like I'm sure you end up doing every day. But I absolutely love that song. And it's and I know it's only January, but that's gonna stay in my playlist for the year. It's just I absolutely love that song. so much yeah that is a i mean uh, for the video we did a shore leave to paralysia because uh, it's yeah. a little more upbeat that's the most upbeat track on the record yeah. but uh but fishing by lantern obviously it opens the record and uh you know john does that crazy it's a i think it's a john solo that really it's like a roger mcguinn thing almost it, yeah it's crazy and uh unfortunately or more fortunately for the listener Maybe up until like a month beforehand, when he was taking a solo, I was soloing on top of it, <laughs> and it was a real, real jazz battle. Oh. And uh, <laughs> but uh, cooler heads prevailed, meaning I was like, I think I'm going to stop playing all those notes <laughs> and let the guy who can play all the notes play the notes. But uh, you know, one of these days I'll stretch it. I'll I'll stretch it out. But uh, right now it's a uh, yeah. We're really happy with that record. It was a. Uh, really uh it's really live really uh a throwback and recording oh, that's, a, nice. that's how mcnew did it is maybe two mics on the drums all a lot of room mics you know very very much live uh hardly any overdubs no digital editing nothing no magic wow. much yeah, like my podcast a, yeah <laughs> which is unfortunate because i'm still <laughs> on the answers for those questions but uh <laughs> Love a take two. Tries love take two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need another chance. I have to be perfect each take. All my but, editing uh, is just taking things out. Just taking out yes. ums and that, oh, that noise. Whatever that noise is. That. that snick. That. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, that's, that's I, well, I don't editing. think we got any dog barks. Not we yet. Any dog barks in here? Yeah. No, I haven't I think, uh, seen my dog. I don't know where he went. But I was knocked out. So, yeah, Mike and my kids. I say I got all teenagers. I don't know how old your kids are, but they're all scattered to the wind right now. We're expecting like nine inches of snow tonight, so they're all hunkered down in their rooms at this point. Yeah, no, I got teens too, and they are uh, uh, they're in the rooms. And yes, snows are coming. Yeah. So it's uh, you seem you seem young to have teens. Uh, I'm 48. I got a, a 17, 18, and 19. Shit, dude. Yeah. Mazel tov. Thank you. Boys or girls? Boys or two, girls? What do you two got Two girls and a boy in the middle. No boy. Yeah. He's going to be a good dude. Yeah. Like those ladies are going to make sure he's a good dude. Oh yeah. He, he likes to pick on them, but he, you know, they all, they, they, uh, they fight a lot, but they love each other. It's, you can, you can tell it's the brother sister fight. It's always mm. resolved at the end. Cause I make sure it's resolved, but I, all right, so I've got another question about the EP because I thought this was interesting. It's it's kind of a concept EP because 
you would prefer to have the listener listen to it as one continuous piece instead of five individual tracks? Yeah, we were really talking about wanting to do vinyl. Like we just wanted to press it as one long groove, like without, <laughs> without, a, yeah, without breaks, you know, just cause, wow. you know, relax your mind, like just get into it and not, is that song over or is what's this new song? What's that song? You know, and everyone's just kind of like zipping through stuff on their computer, listening to the first yep. minute and stuff. It's like, oh, you know, if you're going to commit, if you're going to listen to us, God bless you. That <laughs> makes you the third person. But uh, I just want it to be, I think the experience, especially the last three songs, uh, we really tried to stream them almost as one. Okay. And uh, But it's very hard in the digital age to do that. You know, when you yeah. put your shit up on Bandcamp, it's like doink, 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 doink. And um, Spotify's even so, worse. I mean, oh, yeah, no, they'll fucking scramble it for you. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll change the se- sequence, which yeah. you know, if you can imagine, we labored over that shit. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, we worked very hard, as hard as Adele did. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we just don't have the power to write to them to be like, don't put the sequencing robot on. Oh. But, uh, but uh, so, yeah, we want to, uh, we just, so yeah, we were trying, we're trying to get people to embrace it as one and spend the 25 minutes or whatever it is with it, which is asking a lot. I get it, you know, but if people can make it through a six hour doc on the Beatles, maybe you could spend 20 minutes listening to us. Yeah. Listening. I'll tell you, so, uh, it's perfect know. for a commute. I've got a 45 yes. minute commute to work. And so I can almost listen to it twice. Whoa. Yeah. That's like, um, circle jerks group sex is my favorite record to run to because it's only 15 minutes Thank you. so then i could do about one mile so uh, you know it's a, when i when that record's over i know i've crossed that finish you, line you've met your goal so, yeah so this is a terrible record to work out to our record is a terrible maybe a good yoga record <laughs> maybe so, uh, it's a good commute record because it, you don't get all hyper and tensed up listening to it it mellows you out i know i was trying to where 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 are all those cars stuck in the snow in Minneapolis? Where was that? Well, there was Just it wasn't Virginia. Day. It wasn't uh, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to send them MP3s of the record <laughs> to calm them down. Man, they would. Could you imagine imagine sitting in the car for all that time and being like, I could have watched the whole Beatles doc again. Oh my god! And again and again. And again. <laughs> I could watch the entire all six hours six, four times. Good. I know. I was reading some uh, tweets from people in the while they were in the snow in their cars, and they were delightful. I would be losing my <laughs> shit. I'll tell you what. I was what, like, oh. One time, so I've worked for the same company now for eleven years. When I f- first had one of my first, like my third year there, so we had a big snowstorm, and I left work early. And actually, I had car trouble, so my wife came and picked me up. She had the kids and the kids were little at that time and we knew there's going to be a big snowstorm. So she got, we had a big old minivan. So she came down, picked me up and I drove back and at literally two minutes out of the, uh, the parking lot, the snow just, just hammered us. It took me eight hours to get home, but we had a DVD player in the van. My wife brought the kids were just was really little. So they were, Little enough where we could bring a little porta potty, and if they had to go to the bathroom, we could mm. just stick that in the in the third row of the minivan. Yes. They could just. Yeah. She brought a whole bunch of snacks, drinks. It was a blast. We would, I got out in the uh, middle of the snowstorm. We started. We had a snowball fight with the other cars, and I've got to go up a mountain and come back down to get home. And 
I don't know if this was the cops. Or not. I'm still debating this to this day. Somebody was signaling all of us to cut across into the eastbound lane and go west. And mm-hmm. we were doing it. And they were having cars. It's, it's a it's a four lane. So two lanes east, two lanes west. And there was cars coming eastbound in the eastbound lane on, on the in the right lane. And in the left lane, cars were going west in the eastbound lane oh my god it was so freaky <laughs> i just hope that was cops telling us to do that because i'm not even sure it was well if it, as long as no one got hurt you know i mean it worked not that i'm aware you know, of. i mean yeah so uh, yeah but okay so yeah so i mean again you weren't even live tweeting back then exactly. so i couldn't have been i mean i was just you know terrible for those guys but the people that were live tweeting were taking it very well yeah i don't know what it is but i mean if you're stuck in if i guess if you're stuck in the snow it's fun maybe i don't know i was gonna like even today they were flashing the warning like make sure it was weird i've never seen the warning before where like if taking your car out make sure you have a flashlight and water and the new royal arctic Institute EP. That's just in case. You I know, just saw that flash today. That and uh, might porta potty as well. <laughs> yes, porta potty would be good. <laughs> so, is, are there plans to tour for the to support the EP? Well, you know, we are we are worker bees. So, yeah. Yeah, but I have actually uh, lined up, and we don't have a booking agent. You know, let's let's get real. Right. And uh, so, uh, I have actually managed to book weekend rock shows. Uh, up and up and down the east coast like six shows in february cool and i'm just crossing my fingers that they're gonna happen yeah you know i mean they were uh weren't easy it's not easy for us to get gigs you know so it yeah. takes a little work but i got a you know we got boston and portland and you know silver spring maryland you know right out you know as you know yep not too far uh, place supposed, right it's supposed to have great hamburgers so, so yeah. um <laughs> you know, I just talked to our February 5th New York City show and he was like, it's on as much as it, it is off. Like, it's just, if it's, everything's moving forward, sure, you That's have a gig. Interesting statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right yeah. now it's off. You know, I mean, everything's, no shows still, you know, yeah. here anyway, in October, what is today, six. So we're a month out. You know, the, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, 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 I actually went on the socials today and just start, you know, promoting the gigs. Cause if I don't, I'll just cry. Yeah. You know, I mean, we booked, you know, we were planning this for a long time that we would put out the record. I picked February on purpose because a little easier for a band of our stature to get gigs. Okay. So it's like, let's go out in the horrible weather. Yeah. I've done it. You know, I can do it again. And we, maybe, maybe, you know, we won't be up against so many big bands trying to get gigs, you know, or small point. bands that actually draw. <laughs> so we're like, okay, let's be, uh, let's be side ourselves and just go out in February. And uh, so, you know, so we was able to, was able to cobble it together and um, we shall see, you know, Hope we're always hoping. happy to play shows. Yeah, I know. And we, we love playing, we love playing shows, you know, uh, I just, uh, you know, and we'll just, you know, no one's going to stop us. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, fortunately, yeah. it's so it's so much fun and such a blast. At this point, I feel lucky that I could have an outlet to play music oh, like yeah. this that I'm happy about. You know, when we're I've been talking to Jim Dahman, you know, maybe playing with him a little bit. I did oh. a little session work the other night for Top Secret Record. So you know, oh nice. 
maybe you know maybe by the time i'm 67 i'll be able to make a living playing drums <laughs> i'll be retired so i won't have to i i don't know but at it, the same it, time i, I can uh, make a living off podcasting yeah, I know. So, uh, just, <laughs> but aren't we supposed to get social security then? Can I, I just sit around and drum at sixty-seven? I don't know. By the time I get there, I'm sure they'll have pushed it back even farther. Oh uh, yeah, and that's true. Eighty-seven. And I still won't be able to swing. Yeah, eighty-seven. <laughs> How can people... now we're gonna play Sidewinder? Oh yeah, sorry, I can't. <laughs> My hip. You're not gonna play that right now. I know. Yes. <laughs> I can't play the kick. My hips out. <laughs> Schlepwinder. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so is how can people follow the band and, and pick up the album, keep track of upcoming shows and all? Oh, we're at all the boring places. We are nice. on Facebook. <laughs> we are on Instagrams and we are on Twitter. We have a completely hilariously dead Twitter account. Like I could write <laughs> I have a million dollars for the first person who responds to this tweet. <laughs> And no one will respond. And I want you to know, I didn't want to start a Twitter account because we're an instrumental band. Yeah. I was like, it seems counterintuitive. <laughs> but uh, the rhyme and reason uh, people were like, no, you should start a Twitter account. And actually, just the other day on Twitter, some woman whose name I can't remember right now, unfortunately, which I wish you could edit. Uh, she was like, Das Domin and in Houston in 1988 was the most influential gig I ever saw. She wrote on Twitter. Wow. And I wrote, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Am I related? <laughs> are you Judd Hirsch? You must be my second cousin once removed. <laughs> and you no, know, she was very sweet. And she was like, yeah, you guys really blew my mind and helped wow. inspire me to put music out. And she's put out like 20 albums and stuff. So oh my gosh. it actually kind of made the whole you know, titter schlep worthy. Like for once I was like, I'm glad I'm doing this. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm like all the other bands, you know, Spotify, but don't go there. Don't go there. (laughs) No, don't. That's, uh, go to the band camp. Come on. Exactly. Band camp is, I love band camp. Yeah. It's the best. So you, I know your Instagram uh, is the Royal AI. Oh, thank you. Is a Twitter possibly the same? Something no, similar? but uh, you, you, if you can read the Facebox one, I will read you the oh, yeah, Twitter let me, one. We pull that right as, up. as I look. Yeah. Uh oh, I shut my phone off. Wasn't that good of me? Oh, that's, uh, I appreciate that. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> okay. Wow, it's really hard. Our Twitter just rolls off the tongue, which probably will help us break um, eighteen followers. Uh, it's at Royal underscore Arctic. Oh, okay. Right. At Royal underscore Arctic. Yeah. <laughs> and you are well, the the Royal Arctic Institute on Facebook. Yes. So that, we, we win on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I'm on I'm on the socials, but it's like, you know, for Das Bank Lyle, that's my Instagram. But you're gonna see a lot of pictures of kids and dogs and clay you know uh, ceramics it's one of my kids does ceramics and oh, nice uh, you know so it, it, it's not the most exciting follow you know <laughs> there's some band stuff and some bank robber stuff but that's that's the personal account i just the other day kind of flipped out on facebook and i was like stop sending me demos and then everyone's oh. like what you want more demos oh no <laughs> <laughs> well i don't have any demos to send you so 
Thank you. And you know, I don't mind demos. They're fine. Yeah. But I just like stop sending them to me through my personal yeah. Facebook account. That's supposed to be like my cousin, you know, Marsha right. writing me a message, not right. the dude from the band that sounds like Buffalo Tom <laughs> with a record. I don't. So I don't want to hear that, right? Send it to the company. Yeah, there you go. All right, so we got that message out. Stop sending. Yeah. <laughs> stop sending Lyle <laughs> demos so through it. Yeah, no, yeah, demos at bankrobbermusic.com. Come on, hey. how hard is that yeah. to figure out? <laughs> Where should we send demos to? to this but you know, know what I do want to hear? You know what, you guys, uh, band, yeah, for personal listening, if you're an instrumental band, Send in my way, not for work. I just want to hear what other instrumental bands are doing. Just for I enjoyment. know there's all the yeah, just like hearing what other ones are going on right now. I mean, they're, they're it's weird. There's like they're very jazzy, or they're very like explosions in the sky, kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, post rock you know, kind of. Yeah, so you know, and then the, there's a few that go in that tortoise lane, but not a lot. So I like hearing uh, from other instrumental bands out on the socials and well, things like that that then that, that's fun you should follow my old old school dude uh grainy rock and roll grainy. he took bands and you know, he took photos of bands in the uh, late 70s Ooh. so he has like really early photos of like acdc oh, and wow. uh patty smith and led zeppelin and stuff and he was a you know real good friend of mine fred brockman i love name dropping all my friends because i'm going to make them listen to a two and a half hour conversation <laughs> with me just so that you can so name like, drop them at the end of it yeah fred you gotta go to hour two <laughs> like dude our phone calls are usually 10 minutes when you're walking the dog <laughs> nope two hours two hours well if so yeah if anybody's interested in looking at some uh uh oh yeah Stuff. It's my my personal Instagram is at Mark X M A R C X S H E A, and uh, I've got a bunch of my concert photos up there. So, I might. Okay, that's awesome. Yes. Well, good stuff to do. Good stuff. Yeah, and uh, I went to college for it, so it's been a passion of mine forever. So, oh, awesome. so I kind of know what. Okay. That's one thing I know what I I know what I'm doing. The the one thing. That, that's the one thing. The yeah. one thing. I don't know. You're. Your survival instincts are pretty good if you made it out of that eight-hour snowstorm. Oh, so, uh, thanks to my wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll give her credit on that one. I probably would have well, murdered right. a few people. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the unhappy, yeah. uh, the unhappy tweet. Exactly. Well, this has been a blast, and I'm really loving the album. And it's uh, from thank you, Catnip Tacoma, and listen to it as a whole. Listen to it as a whole because it's meant to be one beautiful continuous piece of music so i really do appreciate you spending your evening with me and thank you so much thank you buddy boy it was, re it was really great and i hope to see you in february mm -hmm.